podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the best way to have your gas meter read, but the wrong way to discipline your child? The answer is, in a cupboard, under the stairs, by someone in a uniform. (laughs) We're coming from the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I'm Danielle Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing, on my left, like a taller, Irish, male, white, vegan, fully sighted, non-singing Stevie Wonder, it's Michael Legg. (laughs) And with him, he's Mr Miyagi to Vernon Kay's Karate Kid, it's Les Dennis. And on my right, Margaret Caborn Smith can't be with us this evening because she's finally got a proper job. Well, it's the now show. Um, so instead, like a sexy Charles II, it's Bridget Christie. <laughs> and with her, the second most sexually deviant man who works on Deal or No Deal. It's Mark Over. <laughs> Time for the first round, the importance of being right. The importance of being right. Just like a dog who has eaten your tampon, the internet throws up many embarrassing situations. So in this round, I present each team with a scenario I found online, and they must tell me what is the correct thing to do. Michael and Les, you are first. You have both been invited to the premiere of Skyfall. I know, Skyfall, the new Bond film, how lucky are you? It's not even the London premiere, it's someone in LA is a big fan of yours and they're offering to fly you all the way to Hollywood. However, what you don't realise is the only reason they've invited you is because a load of bloody vampires have taken up residence in Beverly Hills and they've put on Twitter how they're going to eat a load of dickwads at the Skyfall premiere. (laughs) Of course, you don't find out until you're there because of the data charges on your phone. So, what is the best way to avoid a vampire attack according to the worst case scenario survival handbook whose dream am I in <laughs> all of our nightmares Les. all of our lonely lonely nightmares that is a weird scenario isn't it it's ridiculous I'm in no way a James Bond fan this doesn't sound like it would happen to me ever well, plus you... I don't like America <laughs> just go with it how would you stop a vampire eating you well I'm vegan so why would they attack me in the first place it's not worth it there'll be nothing in there plus I'm a comedian it's all alcohol it's not blood do you know once on Family Fortunes we asked the question (laughs) honestly this is true (laughs) name uh, something associated with Dracula now what would you think on that what would you think Garlic. Garlic. Good answer. Well done. We're Top actually answer. We're playing it. We're playing family fortunes. Brilliant. Anything else? Virgins. What? Virgins. Virgins. Okay. Virgins. Do you answer that for anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, when we surveyed it, the bloke was at the lockout and he went, bang, Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> I promise you, that was his answer. So to this day, I haven't got a clue. So basically, it would be a stake through the heart, wouldn't it? That's the way to kill any vampire. Um, either of you fans of the Twilight films? Really big fan. Really <laughs> no. big fan. I like anything that is incredibly childish and ridiculous, but trying to be erotic. <laughs> Are they good? You know, I didn't read the amazing. books. You, you didn't? Know? No. No, neither did no. the people who made these films. <laughs> They're amazing. One of my favourite bits of dialogue in the film is, Edward, you can't just fix me, yeah? I'm not a car. (laughs) That's my favourite line. I must read these books now. I must really go out and bother to read them. Are you not a fan of Buffy? What? The the vampire slayer, not... Never watched it in my life. Really? No, no. I love the kind of the Hammer Horror films. And there was a great spoof, wasn't there, with uh, Leslie Nielsen playing... 
Dracula and he's like and he's getting he's got bat shit all over him and he goes children of the night what a mess they make <laughs> I went shopping in Sainsbury's yesterday with seagull shit all over me <laughs> so, so uh, I, I can really relate to Dracula as a vegan what do you do with seagull shit kiss it <laughs> and put it back in <laughs> Mark Olver and Bridget Christie. Hello. Do you believe in vampires? Yeah, I believe in most things. <laughs> I do. What, why not? Yeah, Can't everything. Leprechauns. Everything. Vegans. Everything. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Twilight films? I like the Twilight films. I like the Twilight books. Uh, I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Do you like oh, yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, the Twilight fan fiction? I read the first one in... Uh, <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> the autocue operator on eight out of ten cats was reading it when I was doing the warm-up, so I sat backstage and I thought, well, I'll give it a, a bash, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> and it's dreadful. It's so badly written. There's no story whatsoever. But I did kind of find it a bit horny. But then I find this a bit horny. <laughs> like, genuinely, on... that's why they have desks on panel shows. I mean, I've got... <laughs> I mean, I'm not full on, just sort of. Les, sort of, Les, would you say Borderline al dente. I've just remembered my favourite part of Twilight. It was brilliant. You know when Edward reveals himself to be made of diamonds or whatever? <laughs> I love that bit, and it looks like a head and shoulders. It's, re it's really bad, and then they go, oh, look, I'm made of diamonds. Well, no, he's not made of diamonds, but. Uh, he goes all diamond. Hold on, eh? I'm slightly. I'm a big fan of Homes Under the Hammer. <laughs> That's a great show. Yeah. Producer Ben, what is the actual answer? I think Les gets the point in this one. Uh, according to the worst case scenario survival handbook, for most vampires, a stake made of wood from an ash tree or a crucifix driven through the heart causes death. The stake must be two to two and a half feet long with one end sharpened to a point and the other flat. Using a mallet, drive the stake in quickly with a single blow. A second blow may revive the vampire. So point to Les. Well, yeah, Wait. point to Les. Can I just say, <clears throat> the way, Ben, the way you read that out, you sounded like you would be a really good murderer. <laughs> ben. You're from Gloucester, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You know you murderers. I do, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Bridget and Mark, this one is for you. The recession is really hitting hard, isn't it? It's been weeks since you last saw anything approaching protein. All the shops are bare because there's no food, and even if there were, you couldn't afford it. You've sold all your comedy awards. There wasn't even enough cash for a caramac. <laughs> In a desperate bid to feed yourself, you plant a little veg garden on a secret roundabout. But man alive, you can't catch a break because it's infested with slugs who love munching on your greens. But what is the right way to destroy slugs, according to gardenerstips.co.uk? Is it salt? <laughs> oh, straight in with the salt. <laughs> well, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, what am you I, am you I meant to make it amusing no, 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 before no, no. I answer? You, do, you start with the. Yeah. It's, this isn't a pub quiz. <laughs> it's... But also, Bridget, Bridget is correct. You start with the salt and then you have the lemon yeah. and then you give it some tequila, tequila. Yeah. and then the slugs get absolutely shit faced oh, and have yeah. a fight and that's how you get rid of them. I think it they is... get thrown out. Have you ever grown your own vegetables, Bridget? Yes. Pe <laughs> <laughs> what have you grown? 
<laughs> lovely husband. What? <laughs> pee, pee, what? Just peas. Peas. And your tomatoes. lovely husband just peas. No, no, no. Like, no. <laughs> I was thinking it's about. It's called cystitis. I was, I was laughing because of uh, when we tried to grow them on the roof. We tried peas and tomatoes. <laughs> Have you got a roof garden, or did you just try no. and put them on the roof? Yeah, we've got a flat roof, basically, and we put some pots out there. It's really dangerous to get out there, but we that's why I'm laughing. Have you got a garden? Because in by trying to grow some just some peas and tomatoes, we nearly killed ourselves. But have you, got a, have you got a garden? No. But the, the peas, just nothing happened at all. And the tomatoes, when we bought them, were, like, small and green. And then, and then they just died. <laughs> I know how they feel. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have the slugs? No, I don't think they can get that high. (laughs) Can I I say a a topical snail thing? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This just in about snails. (laughs) It is just in. (laughs) It was on Snail News yesterday. (laughs) Um, That all the French snails have come over and they're massive and they're killing all the British ones. How are they getting over? Well, like, probably when like the French ladybirds. What's that? In tiny boats. When do French snails leave France? I don't know. When do French snails <laughs> leave France? <laughs> did they come it's over in... weird, uh, this, isn't it? <laughs> did, they come over, uh, did they come over in cars? Did they, did they come on lorries or did they come in cars? The, I think the French they snails? might have just come over in some... Does people know where I'm trying to go? What do you think? Do you think I'm brave enough to go all the way? Go on. Do they come over in cars, these snails? With big S's, S's written on the, on the top of the cars? <laughs> so all the, uh, all the immigration border officials would see the go and go, oh, look at those S cars go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you! <laughs> I think it's really good that you did a really slow, pacey <coughs> snail joke. I think that's been the cleverest part of that. That's really good. Producer Ben, what is the actual answer? They have five tips, this okay. website. The first one is to cut them up with secateurs. Oh! oh. Uh, the second one is to put... Um... What about non-secateurs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, second one is containers of beer in the soil. Uh, the slugs will go for that and then they'll all die drunk the uh, third that was, that was kind of my answer about the tequila. you did say tequila yeah, yeah. I'll give you a half point so not, yeah. not salt no salt um, you can buy uh, little worms which will kill them uh, so, solution four is encourage natural predators for example frogs can eat hundreds of slugs during their nocturnal wanderings solution five slug pellets and I did find one other solution online uh, somebody suggested put the slugs in your freezer in a plastic bag that kills them quite quickly <laughs> Well, at the end of that round, I think most points goes to Les and Michael. Yay! <laughs> We're ahead with most. <laughs> the next round is Agony. <laughs> Just like a woman's face if she'd overcooked Chris Brown's dinner. <laughs> this round is Agony. <laughs> And in at the panel are going to be agony aunts. But before we unleash you on the punters, uh, you begin by trying to out-agony a real agony aunt. Michael, I believe you have a letter to read out. You believe correctly, Daniel. Here we go. Dear agony aunt, 
My wife and I were so convinced we were going to have a girl, open brackets, she never had a scan, close brackets, lazy woman, uh, that we just bought all our baby things in pink. And now she's given birth to a huge boy. <laughs> huge, with reddish hair, just like her side of the family. We love him loads. He's active and funny and makes us both smile. So is it okay to put him in all these pink baby clothes? Or will that make him effeminate? Oh, for God's sake. Bridget. <laughs> Bridget and Mark, what, do you, what advice would you give this man? Of course he can wear pink clothes. You've not started it the way you should start. As a mother... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need to be a mother. <laughs> what difference? My son didn't have a name for about a year. <laughs> oh, why do they need a name? Why does a, a what did you call baby him? boy... Well, the problem was that we thought of a name, but when he was born, he didn't look like one. And then what was the name? What did you think of? Casper. And he didn't look like... He didn't look like a friendly ghost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we lost confidence with it, because he had such a suspicious I don't think you face. should ever name your child after a dead baby. I just think it's... <laughs> <laughs> So you just so but how would you like beckon him or introduce him to people? The baby. <laughs> the baby. Yeah. Have you seen the baby yet? You know. Where is where's it? the baby? Yeah. You had to ask the question. The where's baby. the baby? <laughs> I mean, the fact that it didn't have a name is the least of your worries. <laughs> you lost your baby. Michael, See that? I think that's the problem with the pink and the blue thing. Is you know, basically, look, when you have a baby. Everybody says, beautiful baby, but babies aren't beautiful, are they? And you can't tell whether it's boy or girl, no. necessarily. So anybody that comes and meets you and sees your baby, you need to give them a clue. And, and I know that's gender offensive, is it? No. Am I being gender offensive with I'm the pink and blue thing? All gender offends me. <laughs> Do you, like, when people come up to you with jerks and they go, is it a boy oh, or a girl? Oh, it drives me yeah. fucking nuts. I... Oh, do you know what? This proves this fucker right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Do you know what? I ended up buying my dog a pink collar because, to, oh, isn't he lovely? Do you know what? He isn't lovely. She is lovely. She's beautiful. <laughs> She's the Audrey Hepburn of dogs. You know that old phrase, if she was a human, that dog was a human, I'd shag her. You know that old phrase? <laughs> well, my dog isn't a human. I'd st it doesn't matter. <laughs> Les, have you ever dressed yourself in different colours to provoke uh, a reaction? <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, that's a really you got that question written down yeah. as well. Fantastic question. Um, well, I used to dress up as Mavis Riley, and, and uh, of course, and I used to do all that stuff. So I have dressed in lots of different outfits and different colours in my life. And, of course... <laughs> Been naked on television without any clothes. <laughs> naked with no clothes at all. <laughs> Where did we get here? <laughs> we're on the subject of children, and now we're talking about Ben Walker. What is the actual answer? The agony aunt says, uh, Oh, please. Babies don't have colour vision at that age, so what does it matter to him? When he gets slightly bigger and the kiddie things are outgrown, you can dress him in whatever colour you choose. Exactly. Up to you. The colour of stuff is all about what adults think, not what babies are. But be prepared to fight against prejudice. Uh, I think Bridget gets a point. Oh! Give a round of applause. Oh. 
Right, now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you cope with some problems from tonight's audience. Is Gemma here? Hello, Gemma. Gemma says, my boyfriend is still married and she has bigger tits than me. <laughs> and that's, that's all, so... Um... What, was the, what was the first part of the question? <laughs> is the problem, would you prefer that her tits went bad or that yours got better? Either or, really. So what's the problem? That she has bigger tits than me. You look like you've got really nice tits. <laughs> Like, I mean, her tits might be bigger than yours, but maybe they're not as nice as yours. Well, clearly, you like maybe, you've got crack yeah, but clearly, work. clearly, she has awful tits because why would um, she be upset about it? I so have clearly, great tits. Well, well then, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> Is the boy? Are you a fan of small tits? Is that what? Was that? Was that? Is that the her problem? nickname? Thanks. <laughs> 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 hey, why did your marriage break down? What was the problem? Yeah, ask that question. Yeah. That won't make it awkward. <laughs> well, it clearly hasn't broken down yet. <laughs> I'm just not divorced yet. Well, okay. that, no, that's fair enough, but you're separated. and yeah. that, These things happen. And why did you leave a beautiful titted woman for this one? <laughs> because, no. because I didn't think she was going to go on about tits as much as she was doing now. Um, all breasts are beautiful, and that shouldn't even be yeah. an issue. Good answer. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Our survey Thank says... Yes. Ding! So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. OK, it's Frankie's mum here. Oh, hello, Frankie's mum and Frankie. Please tell us you have an actual problem. <laughs> uh, Frankie's mum says, how can I stop embarrassing my teenage son? Hello, Frankie. You can't, it's your job. What's the most embarrassing thing? He hangs out with his mum. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Frankie? I'm 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to make you cry. <laughs> and I actually think you... it's really cool. <laughs> Are you looking forward to the time when you can embarrass your children? I do now. Really? Yeah, apparently. I'm not giving them names. <laughs> no, they've got names now. No, my son hates anyone trying to be funny. He hates jokes. <laughs> he hates wordplay. He hates ma everything. He Any hates wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hates it. How old is he? Just fine. <laughs> oh, well, they're at that age where they rebel against puns. There you go, Frankie. <laughs> Could be worse. That's all we say. Well, after that round, I think points go to Mark Olver and Bridget Christie. Mm. Producer Ben, what are the scores? Michael and Liz have got one. Bridget and Mark have got one and a half. Well, you shouldn't be so angry. Yeah. Maybe you're, it would free your mind to be funny. <laughs> Is that how you talk to your child? <laughs> I don't talk to him. <laughs> now it's time to ask the expert. Ask, 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 ask. Yeah. 
this round, we ask our panel to put themselves in an expert's jazz shoes and Lindy Hop the correct answer. So please welcome today's expert, Dr. Kevin Fernando. So, um, what sort of doctor are you? I'm a GP. Oh, and uh, what's your favourite disease? <laughs> My specialist interest is diabetes. Oh, yeah, I've got Oh, one. yeah, good one. <laughs> right, panel, in a moment you're going to have to second-guess what Kevin thinks is the right thing to do in some doctor-in-house-related scenarios. But before that, you get a chance to give him an examination by asking him some probing questions. So, panel, I want you to question Kevin and then see if you can judge his character from that. Dr Kevin... If a patient is really inappropriate, is there like a set thing that doctors say, or do you just have to make it up as you go along? There was actually just recently that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all do for Dr. Fernando. I did get a Valentine's card from a did patient. You? The British Medical Association actually have released some specific guidance on what to do if you get Valentine's cards from patients. And, well, I haven't actually read the guidance, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Kevin, you know if you get a patient who comes in and they just want to tell you their life story and it rambles on and on, do you think, I've only got five minutes to give you, or will you give them time? Well, I think you have to give everybody time, because quite often... People who are sort of rambling on and on have some sort of hidden agenda, and that's quite often the challenge. Uh, like for example, the young men who come in, uh, you know, they'll quite often come in with something very minor, like they'll come in and say, Oh, I've got a so wee pinky, and you know, immediately you have to say, Why are you coming in? What's wrong with your willy? And <laughs> but you know, clearly, if they really do have something with their pinky, that is a bit awkward. And then if they send you a Valentine's card <laughs> after that. Then... Who do you like best on embarrassing bodies, Dr. Dr. Christian or Dr. Pixie? Uh, I, I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife's actually also a GP and she adores Dr. Christian and that oh, really, really right. pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Leg, have you got any questions for What us? is the loudest noise you've ever made when looking at a patient's ailment? <laughs> <laughs> Could you reenact that noise for us? The loudest noise you've made. <laughs> you have to be quite polite, even if something's pretty ludicrous. Yeah. Well, you can be polite about it. You what? Go, ah, please. <laughs> Whatever. I would go, well, that's quite big. <laughs> Compliment on some parts of the body. <laughs> know Kevin a little bit better. Now I want you to work out what Kevin thinks is the right thing to do in the following scenarios. Here's the first one. You've had a lovely quiet morning in your surgery. Just a repeat prescription for hay fever tablets and a really juicy prostrate exam. You've had time to start a game of Angry Birds when a man bursts into your room with blood streaming from his eyes and snot streaming from his nose. It's pretty apparent he's got the Ebola virus. Your receptionist has started screaming and he hasn't even used a tissue when he coughs. But what is the right thing for Kevin to do? What would Kevin do confronted with a man with the Ebola virus? Is the Ebola virus <laughs> common in the North Berwick area? <laughs> <laughs> is this something that you worry about? No, not really, no. no. Bridget, if uh, a man walks into your surgery with the Ebola virus, what would you do? 
pop the kettle on? Yeah. <laughs> There's no need to be rude. Actually. And Michael, as a vegan, do you catch diseases readily? No, we don't. We're, yeah. And also, we can fly. <laughs> would you uh, Would you recommend veganism as a healthy way of life? No. <laughs> Michael and Les, do you think Kevin goes for self-preservation or does he treat the patient with the Ebola virus? Oh, no, he seems quite righteous, doesn't he? Yeah, you'll look after him. Yeah, you know, I think he's a responsible, yeah. good doctor. If someone's got the Ebola virus and then they collapse because they're not breathing, are you allowed to give them mouth-to-mouth or would you avoid that? We will have to. One of the fundamental principles of medicine is to do good for your patient, so... I mean, the first thing you'd have to do is administer any sort of life support that was required and isolate the patient to obviously prevent harm to any other patients. Well, what a lovely ending to the <laughs> <laughs> okay. Scenario number two. A cantankerous old lady you've been treating for years sadly passes away. Hooray! <laughs> and apart from a, a saucy exchange with her hot care assistant, you think nothing more of it. However, a month later, a solicitor sends you a letter explaining that she has no other remaining friends and family and has left you her beloved collection of spoons. It turns out she really likes spoons and her collection is worth over £9,000. But what is the right thing for Kevin to do? Well, you know, the NHS is crying out for spoons. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, has anybody ever given you a lovely gift after seeing your stand-up? <laughs> well... For a while, loads of people were buying me Whispers, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I remember now. Someone knit me, uh, I mean, a proper Tom Baker Doctor Who scarf. It was amazing. Oh, my God. So it's fucking massively long. Who was that? I don't care. <laughs> Bridget, has anybody ever given you a gift? A stranger? <laughs> yes! <gasps> well, um, I used to live in this big house that had about 15 bedsits in it, and a man would put half-eaten bars of chocolate under my door. Were they whispers? <laughs> and I, you know, it was always the same amount of chocolate that had gone as well. Did you ever eat the half of a chocolate bar that he gave you? Never ate it. You never ate it? No, he, he was... Ungrateful. <laughs> he said to me that he was a Romanian prince. <laughs> I don't think he was. Like a catch. <laughs> he was quite good looking, but he was really tall. He had a really nice coat. Were you single at the time? Yeah, I was. And did you ever think about. No, never. Why? The chocolate thing bothered me. <laughs> he was just trying to be nice. Well, no, it's not quite right. You don't give someone something that you've already had a go at. <laughs> Uh, Kevin, what would you do in this situation if you're given £9,000 worth of spoons? Like the Valentine's cards. There's guidance on this as well. Have you read this bit? Yes. <laughs> you're actually meant to declare any gifts over the value of £100 and any gifts of any value you get should really be commensurate to the services you've provided. <laughs> Hold on, so you're allowed to get gifts based on how good your service as a GP is? Well, if someone... You know, if I just went and gave a little old lady some antibiotics for a chest infection and she gave me £9,000 worth of spoons, it's probably <laughs> inappropriate. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying it would be OK if it was one spoon? <laughs> well, yeah. Support. Two spoons. I never thought I'd hear that sentence. And I'm so glad I haven't died without hearing that sentence. <laughs> 
Five spoons. I, I, I don't know. I've never ten really... Ten spoons. <laughs> Probably no more than ten spoons. So no more than ten spoons. <laughs> so if you cured someone's... If someone had cancer and you helped them through that and they got better, you'd be happy with £9,000 worth of spoons? Well, I'd probably want a whole cutlery set. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been given a lovely gift? By well, I have. I mean, North Berwick is actually a very affluent area. Last Christmas, I got given a brace of pheasant uh, by one of my patients. God. So that was great. Freshly shot. It's not going to help your teeth. <laughs> and... Uh, there's this other, this other lady who, who's quite elderly and she's adamant she's going to give me a house when she, she dies. Yeah. Oh, my God. What do you How do? many houses can you take? Ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have to refuse in that situation? Oh, I still visit her twice a day. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really suddenly. <laughs> Well, you can't, I, mean, I, can't, I couldn't accept anything like that. I mean, that's, I mean, but what I, if it's in her will? I'd decline it outright. Or I, what I'd probably do is accept it, but for charity. Yeah, you know, otherwise, it goes to the state. Yeah, so, and you yeah. don't oh, want you that. Don't, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dr. Kevin Fernando, who do you think deserves the points from that round? <laughs> <laughs> I'm vegan. I'm not going to live long, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it. They all did pretty well. I mean, like, they do well. Uh, oh, you just think I'm going to leave you in my house? <laughs> I think probably to the vegan. <laughs> the vegan. Two points to Michael Leg. Oh, and also, a big round of applause for our expert, Dr Kevin Fernando. Before we hit the uh, quick fire final oh. round, let's see what the scores are, producer Ben. Bridget and Mark have two and a half, but Michael and Les have stormed the lead with three. Uh, oh. oh. I am tired of us being as good as gold, so in the next round, everybody can be as evil as bronze. It's time to do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! In this round, I want the panellists to tell me what they think is the wrong thing to do in any given situation. The wrongest answer wins you a Spanish guitar once strummed by Bruce Lee's penis. <laughs> the round will end when producer Ben's horn says so. So here goes. Everything you touch turns to gold. What is the wrong thing to do? Wear gloves. It's a good answer. Masturbate. <laughs> Watch Prometheus. <laughs> you see milk bottles piling up outside your neighbour's door. What is the wrong thing to do? Masturbate. <laughs> your boss, who you hate, asks you to pass him a Cadbury's chocolate finger. What is the wrong thing to do? Give him the finger. <laughs> Take him to Uruguay, <laughs> chop him into little bits, and then snort him. <laughs> You become invisible for an hour. What is the wrong thing to do? I do become invisible for an hour. Every fucking day this month at 3.13 stand to... I think uh, the worst thing would be to get naked and walk an hour away from home. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
Well, it's time for the life of this show to meet the dignitas of this sentence because we're out of time. So, producer Ben, what are the final scores? Bridget and Mark have got two and a half, but Michael and Les have got seven. Oh. Well done to Michael and Les. Thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye. <laughs> Do the right thing, featured Les Dennis, Mark Holwell, Bridget Christian, Michael Les, expert Dr. Kevin Fernando, and me, Danielle Ward. Hi, everybody. Producer Ben Ward. Thank you to the Pleasants for having us, and Zoe Fowl, Zoe Waterman, and Johnny Ingram for helping out. Do the right thing in the first production for the internet. Yeah.